This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage. Coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the stand with Simon Dunphy. Now it's been another terrible week for the world. The Ukraine-Russia conflict has faded into the background because last Saturday morning a terrorist attack by Hamas, the Palestinian group, on Israel was unbelievably savage. It was unexpected. It was a massive failure of Israeli intelligence and it resulted, among other things, a rave, a disco, open-air disco of 250 Jewish kids, young girls and boys being attacked, many of them dead, some of them taken hostage, and the raid into Israel resulted in, so far, the death toll is approximately 1,400 Israelis murdered and murdered savagely in their homes, men, women and children. It was a shocking terrorist attack, even though the BBC describes Hamas as a militant Palestinian group. I described them, and I think they should be described as terrorists. This is terror. Israeli response has been brutal. So far, 1,700 Palestinians are dead. 447 are children. Gaza is where Hamas is based. It's a small place with 2.5 million people in it, densely populated, and we are now facing this. And conceivably, if Iran, or indeed Hezbollah, the Lebanon-based terrorist group get involved, then we don't know where this could possibly end. To find out what's happening in Washington, we're joined now by Niall Stanage. Niall is Associate Editor of The Hill, a respected Washington newspaper, and he's also White House columnist for The Hill and one of the best journalists around, and he's been with us on the stand from the very start. Niall, as I said at the top, the world is in shock at this event breaking out, given all the other horrors of the world, whether it be starvation in Africa, coups in Africa, the Saudi Arabian behaviour and everything else. This is as bad as anything we've witnessed, certainly in the horror and the death toll and the prospect of what might be heading our way. Joe Biden spoke to the nation and he has spoken with real feeling about this, offering unwavering support to Israel. He says we've got Israel's back. But 
I wonder what the mood is in Washington in relation to this at the moment. It's pretty, very strongly pro-Israel, uh, and no surprise they are given no. just the grotesque uh, savagery, really, of the attack uh, on the part of Hamas. One of the biggest differences I notice to this day, and as you know, I've lived in the United States for about 20 years, is the um, the center of political gravity on this conflict yes. here in the U.S. is cl- clearly more pro-Israel than it is in Ireland. And there are a lot of reasons for that. Uh, We can get into those. But right now, I think the uh, pro-Israel sentiment is very, very pronounced, uh, as much as I have ever seen it, in part because of an understandable uh, revulsion at, at what happened to so many civilians. Yes, and it is just worth quoting a piece you wrote for your newspaper this week in which you cited the breakdown of the Jewish vote in the United States. In 2020, 69% voted for Joe Biden, 30% for Donald Trump, and really forever, the Democrats have been the party that Jewish people prefer. Mm. And I note today an outburst by Donald Trump, which wouldn't have helped the Republicans. He praised Hezbollah, or is said to have praised Hezbollah. I saw the clip. Mm. It was also an attack on Netanyahu, but it was typical Trump, illogical and scattergun. But it won't have done the Republicans any good, will it? No, it won't have done Trump any good. A rare opening for people like Ron DeSantis to criticize him, which DeSantis has promptly done. The clip that you're referring to was, as you say, rambling, really. Yeah. Uh, Trump, Trump's objection was that uh, Benjamin Netanyahu had, in some unspecified way, not backed the Trump administration up enough when they assassinated a gentleman by the name of Soleimani, the leader of the Quds force in Iran in a drone strike in 2020. Exactly what Trump's objection was was not clear from what he said. But in this particular moment when the overall sentiment is as pro-Israel as it is in this country, uh, he sort of made comments about Hezbollah being smart, about Israel uh, needing to toughen itself up a bit, and about him being displeased (laughs) that Benjamin Netanyahu uh, had not backed him up uh, enough uh, in the killing of Soleimani. So just a a peculiar series of comments from uh, Mr. Trump. Yes, and Joe Biden has sent his Secretary of State Anthony Blinken to Tel Aviv As we speak now, Blinken is about to address the Israeli nation. We understand that Blinken is very sympathetic to the idea of reprisal Mm. from the Israeli Defense Forces, but would be urging some kind of proportionality and some kind of regard for the innocent people in that densely populated area. However... The fact of the matter also would be, would it not, Niall, that the sentiment of Jewish people in America will be very much taken into account Mm. as we've learned from your piece, the sentiment in terms of Republican v. Democrats is very much on the Democrats' side. Mm -hmm. They've sent an aircraft carrier, they've sent some tanks, And I think they've sent some ground forces, in fact, whatever use they might be. So the American support is really unconditional. 
Mm-hmm. And so is the British, one has to say. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, American support for Israel has, of course, been vital and pivotal and controversial, for that matter, throughout the existence of the state of Israel. Yes. In the current time, before this horror erupted on Saturday, the United States supplies more than $3 billion a year in aid to Israel. Uh, America, as you're well aware, and your listeners are, I'm sure, well aware, is the stalwart supporter of Israel when it comes to things like the United Nations and resolutions that condemn Israeli behavior, including the occupation of the West Bank and, yes. and various other matters. So, I mean, we can get into all of that and, and why it is so. On the point about party politics, I do think it's important to perhaps explain, because I'm not sure this is fully understood outside the United States, uh, pro-Palestinian sentiment, for want of a better term, has really no real home in the American political system, with the possible exception of the far left of the Democratic Party. AOC, I noticed, had something to say. That's right, as did uh, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, who actually is uh, Palestinian, and I think Congresswoman Tlaib's mother or grandmother still lives there. But that's a fairly recent development. What what has traditionally been the case in American politics is um, Jewish Americans have voted for the Democratic Party for, for cultural reasons, partly that the Jewish community here tends to be fairly socially liberal. Uh, and secondly, there was, of course, anti-Jewish discrimination here as well, historically, yes. and, you know, as there was anti-Irish discrimination and all of that. And those groups tended to find a home with the Democratic Party. The Republican Party, for its part, is, uh, I'm trying to choose my words somewhat carefully here, but suspicious of the Arab world, I would say, generally speaking, and therefore arrives at a a pro-Israel position in in this sort of muscular America's ally in the Middle East thing. Also, of course, Israel is revered by the Christian right for other more complicated messianic reasons sometimes. Anyway. The rapture. Yeah, all of that stuff, which is more more theology than I can uh, speak about with any great expertise. Not my, not my area. But my point is th- that both parties are uh, overwhelmingly pro-Israel, even preceding something like the events of, of Saturday. And that, of course, is part of the reason why uh, American political debate is the way it is on this broad issue. Yeah, just one more point about Trump. He did move the American embassy from Tel Aviv to East Jerusalem. This is a holy place for Palestinians, and that was provocative beyond belief mm-hmm. at the time, about halfway through his presidency. Yeah, I mean, the the move of the embassy to uh, Jerusalem was a very big move and, of course, goes to the whole uh, question of, you know, what is recognized as the capital of Israel. Uh, I mean, th- these are massively... Uh, loaded. Device, loaded yeah. and divisive issues. Yeah. It's also worth mentioning... Uh, in the case of the Trump record, that on one hand, he himself uh, praises himself for the so-called Abraham Accords, which were accords that normalized relations between Bahrain and the UAE and Israel. On the other hand, uh, which he mentions less about, there was a 
a peace plan, and I'm sort of making air quotes um, here as I say that, there was a peace plan for Israel and the Palestinians that was so absurdly pro-Israel that I think it was rejected even by fairly moderate Palestinians, more or less on the day it was released. So that's the kind of immediate history here. What has Bernie Sanders said? Bernie is a Jew, if I'm not mistaken. He is. Yes, he takes. Uh, he has tried to be, I would say, uh, even-handed to some extent. I mean, he's been quite clear that the uh, terrorist assault in Israel by Hamas, as he calls it, will have horrific short and long-term consequences. Yes. Sanders' argument, which I personally think is a sensible argument, is that that attack in its own savagery and it, the guarantee of bringing a savage response yes. sets back any prospect for peace. That seems to me a fairly uncontroversial view on its face. I, I don't think it's an uncontroversial view here in the United States because people, a lot of people are really believe or are arguing that the Israelis should have carte blanche to go into Gaza and do whatever they like, which of course is what they're doing. There have been a number of hospitals, for example, hit by the Israelis already. Yes, and indeed the university, of which was rendered into dust mm. in a clip I saw last night on the news. Now, Niall, through all of this, and indeed, of course, the Russian invasion of Ukraine and that war, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives Congress is without a speaker. Mm. And... Kevin McCarthy, my Kevin, as he was known or is known to Donald Trump, lost his job because it only required one person to put their hand up and he was toppled, as they say. And there is now a contest for the speakership in which the leader of the race so far is a man called Steve Scalise, who is, in my view, it seems a rather extreme character, For example, he believes that Joe Biden is not the president of the United States and that Donald Trump won the last election. He's running against Jim Jordan, who is not a Republican extremist, who also believes that Biden is not a legitimate president of the United States. They're the two declared candidates. And in a race-off, Scalise beat Jordan, but only by 10 votes or something. And an awful lot of the House Republicans did not vote in that contest. And therefore, there is no speaker. Nothing can pass. No money can be sent anywhere. No support for anybody. And very soon, the whole thing will grind to a halt. What's going on there? Because today was supposed to be the day. It was. I am uh, speaking to you on on Thursday um, in, in Washington. And there is no speaker as I am talking to you. There may be by the time people hear this, but the the issue really is to become Speaker, you need an overall majority of everyone in the House of Representatives. The Democrats will not vote for a Republican Speaker, obviously. That means that because Republicans have a very narrow majority, if you want to become a Speaker, you need to get almost every Republican on board. Steve Scalise, as you say, won that internal runoff by a comparatively narrow margin, and there are too many holdouts right now for him to be elected Speaker. He can only afford to lose a very small number of votes. It depends exactly how you count, but four or five if everyone votes. And um, he has more than four or five Republicans resisting 
him, saying that they will not vote for him. So there is likely to be some horse trading. Uh, he may get the votes eventually. It, it would seem more likely that he, rather than Mr. Jordan, will get them since he's won the runoff. But meanwhile, uh, nothing much can happen from the House of Representatives. And that's important because, as your question sort of alluded to, the House of Representatives in large part controls the purse strings <clears throat> in the United States. There is the issue of aid to foreign nations. There is also the issue of money to fund the United States government, which will run out on November 17th um, and indeed was only extended to November 17th because Mr. McCarthy, or Kevin, did a deal that ultimately ended in his political uh, ousting. So it's a bit of a mess and nothing very much has happened. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Now, Scalise has an interesting background, and I'll do some air quotes as well. (laughs) Well, we're out air quotes. He once proclaimed that he supported David Duke, who was the head of the Ku Klux Klan. David Duke without the baggage. What would that leave? Well, he would argue that what it leaves is an extreme or hardline conservatism on policies without the racism. Uh, mm-hmm. David Duke, uh, a former, uh, I can't remember what they call it in the Klan, but something uh, unpleasant um, in the Ku Klux Klan, was a figure in Louisiana politics, which is Steve Scalise's state. Um, who, David Duke was most prominent in the, I think, late 80s, early 90s. And of course, there was understandable 
horror of such a figure being um, yes. quite a quite prominent. So that quote has certainly clung to Steve Scalise, and it was not uh, helped when it emerged that he had attended a uh, meeting uh, of a white supremacist group or had addressed a meeting. He said that he had done so not knowing what that group um, stood for. People can make their own judgments about that. I would say not see that. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that in the contest between him and Jordan, yes. it is in fact Scalise who is seen as a notch more moderate than Jordan, who is a, a fully fledged MAGA person, um, often given to extreme fiery rhetoric, and so I think there's a perception among Democrats that Scalise is someone whom they would disagree with on everything, but they might be able to deal, and Jim Jordan might not be such a person. Yes, and it has emerged that Jordan was in contact with Donald Trump on January 6th. He made six phone calls by his own admission and continues to assert that Trump's vote was so big it couldn't possibly have been bettered by Joe Biden. So, that's where the Republican Party is, in a sense, or at least it's where the leadership and the influence of the Republican Party is, isn't it, Niall? Yeah, very much so. I mean, it is Donald Trump's party at this stage. I think one of the um, elements of how one talks about the Republican Party is overdue for a change, and that element is when people talk about the Republican Party establishment. The Republican Party establishment has been overrun, really, by yes. the Trump wing. The Trump wing now is the Republican Party. These are not um, insurgents anymore. These are people who are in control of the party. And, you know, it seems, for example, quite uh, bizarre in a way to think that uh, 11 years ago, Mitt Romney was the Republican nominee for yes. president. Mitt Romney would not get within a whiff of a Republican yes. Party nomination now. And so, Mitch McConnell, who was, who is the leader in the Senate of the Republicans and was the majority leader until the last congressional elections, he has spoke most disparagingly about Jordan and Scalise and others of that ilk. This week, in fact. Well, I mean, I think that in general, uh, senators have, you know, senators have a different political task because obviously they represent an entire state. One of the reasons the House of Representatives has become so polarized is because people represent gerrymandered districts. Right. And those districts are gerrymandered to guarantee, you know, Republican or Democratic majorities. So that means that the people like Jim Jordan really don't have to worry at all about what Democrats think, because his only danger would be being attacked from his own flank. Um, that won't matter to Jim Jordan, because he's so far to the right anyway. But it matters to Republican uh, moderates to the extent that they still exist, because they are constantly vulnerable to attacks from uh, the hard right. Now, Niall, in all of this conversation, we haven't mentioned Russia, Ukraine, and support for Ukraine. So there is a $6 billion package that was due to go to Ukraine, which the Republican Congress has halted. And in general, particularly in the present environment, support for Ukraine is bound to wane. And in fact, in another very interesting piece that you write, and I say that, with the greatest respect, because I think 
everybody should be reading the stuff you do. It's so good. Thank you. And, and one of the pieces you wrote, you talked about the split in opinion polls between those who support Ukraine and those who, who don't. And at the moment, there's an, what you describe in your piece as a narrow plurality of adults, 45% of 35%, in support of continuing American aid for Ukraine. That's down, and it's down, it used to be a 17% margin, you point out, now it's down to, what, six. So the Middle East will affect this, because the Middle East looks like it's going to get an awful lot worse. Yes, I think it will. And in fact, we've already seen at least one Republican, uh, somewhat opportunistically, some would say, seize upon that issue. Tom Cotton, a, a conservative Republican from, Alabama, from Arkansas, has suggested that aid to uh, Ukraine should be instantly uh, redirected to Israel. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know that he'll get much traction with that particular argument, but it speaks to the bigger picture of, uh, firstly, that erosion of support for Ukraine that we're already seeing, and secondly, the um, reflexive support of Israel uh, that we're also seeing, and thirdly, I think the uh, questions about aid uh, generally. I mean, it's odd that aid to Israel uh, let me separate this out from the events of the past few days. Aid to Israel is very rarely questioned by the American populace, it seems to me, whereas aid to Ukraine certainly has been as time has gone by. Yeah, just before I came down to do this interview with you in the studio, Niall, I noted a report that inflation has risen in the United States for the second month running. That is also it's a factor for everything, but it's a mm-hmm. bad sign. Yeah, I hadn't seen those figures, but yes. certainly inflation is uh, and has been a massive issue since it peaked here about uh, 15 or 16 months ago. It peaked, I think, in June of 2022 at a very high rate. I'm working from memory, but I think it was 9%. Um, that was a massive political liability to uh, President Biden and continues to be one. Uh, and the the difficulty with inflation, whether it's US, Ireland or anywhere else, is Everyone suffers under inflation because it's not like the job market, which only is relevant if you're looking for a job. Uh, If you, you know, everyone has to buy stuff. And when the price of that stuff goes up, it depletes the value of our wages or pensions or whatever it would happen to be. Just a final question, Niall, about the world that we're now looking at. A deeply divided Europe which we haven't spoken much about, but last week the Slovaks elected as prime minister a friend of Vladimir Putin's, and Slovakia is in the EU. So that will give you an idea. Italy has a fascist prime minister, Mm. fascist Mussolini supporter, believe it or not, her hero. So Mm. that, America, is it really now no time to be seeking... Can I put it this way? Is it your view or many people's view in Washington, where you, which is the center really of so much of the world's power and money, Mm. that the world, they're tired. Mm. They, They don't feel inclined or even able to control and dominate events, world events, the way they used to be. Mm. And 
it's happy days if you're the Chinese leader Xi or the Russian leader Putin or indeed the Iranian leaders, the mullahs. Mm -hmm. Happy days. Yeah, sadly, I think that is right because of not just the rise of sort of populism generally, but the degree to which division has caused the American political system to seize up. Yes. This is something that Biden's been talking about since the start of his presidency, in fact, slightly before then, about the sort of battle as to what actual political system works. Uh, can democracy still uh, prevail and not just prevail, but prove to its people that it delivers more effective results. That becomes more problematic when you have the degree of dysfunction that you have in the United States. In saying that, and I've only thought about this in relation to your question, I was uh, at an, speaking at an event earlier this week with a group of people who were visiting from Sweden and wanted to know about American politics. And they a right turn as well. <laughs> well, they were talking about just the rise of that sort of Trumpy populism yeah. Everywhere, it seems like, or across the, the Western world, Boris Johnson was mentioned, uh, Viktor Orban in Hungary was mentioned. Yeah. A lot of these figures, and, and there are obviously a lot of issues that play into that, but the overall consequence is very grave, it seems to me. And the really bad news is they're growing in Germany as well, mm. and they won an election recently and are the most popular party, the AFD, so, happy days for the moment. We're really grateful to you now. Thank you very much for joining us. Niall is a really great reporter, and I try to keep him reporting rather than inviting him to express controversial opinions. <laughs> We're very grateful to you, Niall. Thank you very much indeed. That's Niall Stanage. And I would urge our listeners, or at least not urge people that you can make their own mind of, but The Hill is a really good newspaper, and Niall has some great stuff in there, and it is the centre of the world, the political world, where so many decisions that affect our lives are taken. We're grateful to Niall, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.